Hello and welcome back to this episode of HBCU. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. On the previous episode, I was in discussions with Monica Barnes, Dr. Christian Brody, and Commander Lori Chestang about why do organizations such as the NFL not give fair access and treatment to graduates of HBCUs? And so I want to come back to you, Dr. Brody, and get your response to that. So I have no idea why they don't. But when I think about Alcorn State University and how amazing Steve McNair was, let him rest in peace. And I also think about Donald Driver, who went from Alcorn to the Green Bay Packers and won the Super Bowl and then participated in Dancing with the Stars. I mean, come on. There are plenty more people just like him. Well, not just like him. There's nobody (laughs) quite like Quickie, but we know that there are a lot of talented um, players in, in all sports, in, in the NFL, right. that could go to the NFL, that could go to the NBA, if they would just come and look at our schools. Right. So, Laura, what do, what do you think? I think it has a lot to do with stereotypes. I think it has to do with funding. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of sitting on edge with you. Like, can we get past that? Can we get to a point where we don't have to, as Monica said, worry about when they see us and just come and see us? Right. So I guess that leads me into a question for you, Mr. D. Brown. Okay. Um, what, what are some of the, the things that you're doing to help the HBCUs be seen? Well, we have uh, implemented a number of programs uh, corporately uh, and, and through our nonprofit organization to try to uh, bring more attention to HBCUs. So most recently, uh, we uh, partnered with uh, Coach Prime and, and the Winning Foundation, and we're actually producing a documentary uh, that's actually highlighting five of the Jackson State uh, University football players who, are, who participated in the Pro Day. And then we're also shooting a documentary on NFL Pro Day uh, but we're also making significant contributions in terms of donations for scholarships, uh, donations to the band, uh, and things that we know that are going to help close the uh, educational gap. Because I think that in order for HBCUs to really kind of get to that next level, mm-hmm. it's going to have to be a unified uh, attack on the system to do that. Uh, having been present for NFL Pro Day, and realized that only 22 of the 32 NFL teams showed. So that means that there were 10 teams that didn't think it was important enough to even show up and just look. Mm -hmm. And so just think about that mentality. You're saying, I don't don't want to give it any consideration. I'm not, I'm just so disinterested. And we know that there are talented individuals uh, that play uh, for HBCUs who could perform at the highest level, yet they're not given the opportunities, not even the consideration to have the opportunities to to, to do just that. So I think that bringing national attention, having this conversation on national television, uh, creating documentaries like Coach Prime has been creating uh, himself as well, but I think the more national attention that we can bring to the and inequality that's being given uh, to HBCU uh, athletes. And not just, it's not just limited to football. Of course, Coach Prime has the megaphone right now, and so the spotlight is on football. But it's not just football. It's all of those uh, sports that, that are a, val- a valuable part of the HBCU uh, experience. 
And so I, I want to pivot there to talk about, go back to HBCUs, because another important part of HBCUs uh, are the fraternities and sororities that make up uh, uh, the, the Greek life there. And so, uh, Dr. Brody, I know you are a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And Monica, <laughs> you are a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated. And if you told me I was a member of Mega Sci Fi, I would look the same way. <laughs> Come on, Kappa. Come on, <laughs> That's Kappa. right, because I'm going I'm representing Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity all day. But I wanna I wanna talk to you about the um, just the impact that the sorority has had on your, your life from a uh, not just social but you know uh, philanthropic and uh, et cetera. So talk to me about it. So I will say that my very best friend is a Delta. Um, a, a couple of my friends are, are Deltas, but I am a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. I was initiated into the Gamma Phi chapter at Alcorn State University in 2000, and it changed my life. Just, just having those 59 um, Lion sisters who I'm still friends with, um, wherever I am in the world, there's an AKA there. In right. fact, when I was in China teaching, there's someone from my chapter who works for the US government and she's in Beijing. I, I, I had a layover in Houston unexpectedly. Someone came and spent some time with me, right? Gamma Phi is everywhere. And I think it's also been influential in my career, particularly at yeah. the HBCUs that I've worked at. Um, it, it meant that I went on and, and became a member of the Lynx Incorporated as well. So those sisterhoods right. mean a lot in the world. Absolutely. Monica, what about from your perspective? Talk to me about Delta Sigma Theta Sorority uh, Incorporated. Well, I placed at the PWI in spring 92. So um, a lot of the young girls that came in after me said, you are Minerva because I'm, I played so long ago. But it's definitely sisterhood scholarship and service. And it instilled in me those values that they were there, but it just made me do the work. And so I got involved. Um, and it, it, the for me, the mentoring, the bringing the other girls along to show them the way and to give them some sort of sisterhood, because at the PWI, a lot of them, you know, were kind of kind of flailing and lost and needed this camaraderie of the sisterhood. So that was the, the big part for for me um, bringing them in. And now, like we're everywhere, too. So it is a, a massive expanse of, 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 um, of ladies with like, like minds and goals and that kind of thing. So, right. um, I definitely going through rush and all, I actually went to AK rush because my best friend is an AK and then my other best friend is an AK. I have two best friends, a married one and a single one. So they're both <laughs> AKs. And I said, no, nah, y'all go ahead and do that. I'm going to go do this. And my biological father was an Omega. My stepfather was an Omega. My brother's an Omega. I have a sister that's a Delta that went to Tougaloo. So, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> Delta through and through. So. Absolutely. So I want to talk about just your edu education from your HBCU. And I know with uh, both you and uh, Monica, Dr. Brody, you received advanced degrees from HBCUs and you received, uh, Lori, your undergrad from HBCU. But Lori, I want to start with you. How do you feel like um, Spelman prepared you for where you are in life? I feel like Spelman overprepared me for where I am in life. Um, 
So I do have to throw it out there. They do call us the Ivy League of the South. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it's interesting, especially, um, I don't want to say especially, but what I know about uh, Spelman College and the professors that we have there, we do actually get a lot who come from the larger PWIs because they also want the opportunity to teach us as students. Um, and when I say they overprepared us, I think, um, to me, there was nothing more powerful than sitting in that classroom and there were 24 girls. And then the one guy from Morehouse came over and he said something not as intelligent as those 24 women and 24 eyeballs turned around and said, what are you <laughs> doing here? Um, but to be brought up in that for undergrad. And I think that they are very aware that the rest of the world does not look like Spelman College. And you need to be able to not only compete, but outperform your peers in the rest of the world. Oh, absolutely. So Dr. Brody, what about you? So I, I would say coming from Jackson State University with my PhD, we actually, many of us had peer reviewed publications before we graduated. Right either with professors or on our own. So two years before I finished, I had a solo author peer review publication. Not everybody with a PhD in economics can say that, right? So right. Jackson State definitely prepared us with the statistical information, the research knowledge to be able to come out and teach and publish. Absolutely. So Monica, how do you feel Jackson State uh, receiving your master's there help you further your career? It definitely got me back in the swing of things as far as culturally being attuned to what's going on around me. And the professors were very challenging there. They, the oral exams alone, I was like, oh my goodness, I have to get up and speak to people, you know, in front of people. So it, it, it taught me, like I could never get up in front of people and do what I do now. Like we're in broadcast, live broadcast, and I'm on the stage and this could be 5,000 people in the Superdome and I'm up directing in the flow of the show. So it, it actually, you know, we are some of our worst critics, our people. So when you can get in front of your peers and do what you do and that, you know, you feel acceptance and you, you know that they're, they're feeling what you're saying, that helped me because I didn't really care what the PWI people thought. It was my own peers that, you know, showed me, okay, girl, you got it, you can do this. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I wanna go back to um, touch on, as it relates to HBCUs, we know that um, approximately 20% of black graduates graduate from HBCUs while there's only 10% of black college students enrolled in HBCUs. So HBCUs are graduating at a very high rate of African-American uh, students. What do you think we can do to encourage African-American students to give HBCUs a chance, considering the fact that there was a time where that was the, that was the only route we had to uh, higher education. Uh, Laura, I'll start with you. What do you think some of the things we can do to help bring the spotlight uh, to HBCUs and encourage uh, young African-American students to give it a shot? I think you I think you literally just answered your own question. Bring the spotlight to HBCUs and with a lot of the initiatives that you're doing, um, 
I think that's exactly what we need. I will, I will be very quick to say representation matters, right? And if the only thing that you see on television or if the only students that are getting funding or money or scholarships um, are students from PWIs and if they're the only ones going to the NFL or they're the only ones um, that are, are getting accolades, then of course we are going to migrate to what we see as successful. So we need to find more ways um, to bring the spotlight back to HBCUs. There needs to be more television shows like this. I appreciate the fact that you, with everyone who's been coming on the show, took the time to take someone from the military and interview them. We are so underrepresented um, and often really not even thought about, but to show black students that, hey, you can do more than just be an athlete, you can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor, you can be a military officer, and be successful coming from an HBCU, that's key. And before Dr. Brody, I let you weigh in on that, I wanna to touch on something you said. Uh, earlier, I think in the prior episode, you talked about that you went to Spelman and you used the, mil the military or the ROTC as a vehicle to fund your education. We know that there's a serious wealth gap within mm -hmm. uh, communities of color. And so one of the reasons I want to highlight and spotlight individuals from every sector is because there is a story that needs to be told that gives a young person that may be watching this or, his, or that person's parents ideas on strategies they can use to get education. Maybe you can't afford to go to Spelman if you have to pay out of pocket, but you can use the ROTC as a vehicle to get that education. And so, and then for you to get into the military, one that we know has been dominated by men and uh, by white men at that. Uh, we know that um, you are, you have broken a glass ceiling to get to where you are. So I think that story has to be told from every angle, you know, from people that are doing, you know, all types of miraculous things here uh, in, in, in the country. So I do applaud you for that. So Dr. Brody, I want to get your, your take on it as well. So first of all, thank you for having this show and, and for having all of us here. I think the other thing is for all of us to represent. So no matter where I go um, during the pandemic, we have to wear masks. So I'm going to have on an Alcorn mask or a Jackson State University mask. I testified before the House of Representatives twice. Both times I had on my, my university mask anytime I travel, be it in coach or first class, wherever I am, I'm always gonna have on something that says Jackson State University and or Alcorn State University in addition to AKA. And, and so when I watch shows like this or when I see people on CNN or MSNBC or elsewhere to, to have something in the background right. that represents your school or, or go on and put on that sweatshirt, right? Represent and just show where we all are and, and the amazing things that we've accomplished. I couldn't agree more. Monica? Well, I love the representation of the black women in, in high positions. Stacey Abrams being a Spelman grad and of course our VP coming from Howard. Um, we, we definitely have to represent wherever we are. And I, I couldn't do it more so than anybody. I'm Mississippi Monica on Instagram. So I'm representing my state. I represent my school. I represent Jackson State um, wherever I am. And I'm all about homecoming. I'm all about, hey, HBCU, HBCU. This is like the third panel I've been on to support HBCUs. I'm open to do more. Anything I can do to get the word out, to get um, 
the educational uh, part of it out. I, I definitely want to focus on education at HBCUs as much as we focus on the sports. So that's what I'm pushing. The educational portion is just as important, if not more important than the sports part and the, uh, and the athletes, because you can get a very, very good education at an HBCU. If not, it, it was way better than my um, PWI experience. And that's what I promote when I promote my HBCU. Right. And, and so you have that educational piece, but then you have that cultural piece, right, mm -hmm. where you have the marching bands and you have the, the, the football games and the homecomings and all of those type of things. Uh, just touch on a little bit because you may have someone that's, and especially uh, I think, Monica, uh, you haven't gone to a PWI. And so, Lori, of course, you uh, graduated from... Um, for Spelman, but you went to the Naval War College or the yes. War College. And so you've had a different collegiate experience of outside of an HBCU. Can you just talk about a little bit just culturally what that experience was like at, at Spelman? It was amazing. Uh, I have been known to say that when I die, I want my heaven to be Spelman College. <laughs> um, it was just so much. It was so much beauty and there was so much culture. And I think about Market Friday where you can go and you can get your hair braided and you have the music and you have the food, but it's all of us beautiful, black, educated women. We let Morehouse come over, you know, and harass us a little bit. And you just, you don't see that anywhere else. And Spelman College is where I found myself. Yeah. That is where I, I dug in my roots and Spelman College is, is home. And I was hoping I would have had a little girl. I had two boys. I kept saying, I have to have somebody that I can send to Spelman. Um, and I love my <laughs> boys very much. Uh, but I did not have the two boys or the two girls. So now we have to try again. Got to try again, okay. Because I have to have that little Spelmanite. It's I think legacy. Brandon's going to find out on TV. On TV. <laughs> if you're out there, watch it. We're doing it again. <laughs> so, you know, look, Jackson State, Dr. Brody, you had a sonic boom of the South. You have the Tiger Run, you, you know, you have the football, the, the tailgates. Just culturally, talk to me about Jackson State University. I'm going to talk to you about Alcorn State okay. University. Okay, well, Monica, we're going to say Jackson State for you. Yes, okay. we, we can say... <laughs> hey, you know, that's divide and conquer. I now, like that. I love Jackson State, but yeah. I marched in the band. Okay. In the Sounds oh. of Dynamite. The Sounds of Dynamite. I played the saxophone in the Sounds of Dynamite at Alcorn State University. Again, I love Jackson State, Monica. I love the sonic boom. Um, Dr. You. Arlisa Mosley, the provost, was on my dissertation committee. But there is nothing like that sounds of dynamite at Alcorn and traveling and seeing people. And I think now the love that we have, no matter where I am, if an Alcornite walked in here right now, I would have to disconnect everything that is connected <laughs> to me and interrupt your show and go and hug that person right. wherever we see each other in the world. I don't have to know them. It doesn't matter when they were there. I probably know them. And they probably know me, but it's always love. And I wouldn't have gotten that anywhere else. Right. So, Monica, I'm going to let you tell us about the JSU <laughs> and the sonic boom of the South and that whole cultural experience. Well, of course, the sonic boom is unmatched. Uh, then there's the community of Jackson State where you got your Stamps burgers, you got your Eddie's and Ruby's fish. 
<clears throat> excuse me, you have Valley Street Fish House. Adams Corner Barbershop was the place for all the guys to go. Then you had Crystal's Lounge down the street. So it was just a culture. You know where you were going. You knew what night to go where. And uh, you knew to be dressed and ready for the games on time. You knew there was going to be the big after party, alumni after party at the hotel. And that's where you got all dressed up. And then you would go to your more ratchet party. So it was just the culture of being in that city. And it was lit up. I mean, and everybody knew. And Jackson is predominantly black. So we didn't have any problems with homecoming. Uh, we just had trouble getting in and out of the stadium. But other than that, we were ready. And it's it's always love. Um, now, you know, we have a couple of knuckleheads. But back in the day, if you dressed up, you felt good, you looked good, you yeah. were not there to clown. You were all about your business, partying, spending money, and bringing revenue to that little city. And that's all we did. Hotels we booked out. It was just a party. And it still is. It's still family. It's still like the the commonalities. Even when you go to homecoming now, I went um, this past. I went. Should I go this past year? Yeah, I did. And it's just on the field. There was so many people on the field. I'm like, who's in the stands? Because we're all down here having a party. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all love. You right. cannot knock an HBCU homecoming. I've been very supportive of both the Sonic Boom of the South and the Sounds of Dynamite. Both of those uh, bands have been recipients of our 10 grand for your band uh, grant. And so each of those bands have formed the infamous P3 logo in the center of the field at halftime. So here's a little known factor, at least among this group right here. I went to Alcorn State University for one year, my freshman year, before transferring to um, then Memphis State, uh, which is now the University of Memphis, where I graduated. And so at that particular time though, I attended um, Alcorn on an academic scholarship, but I was a first-generation college student. So I had no idea what an HBCU was. At the time that I was at Alcorn, I don't, I don't ever recall having that conversation with anyone. So I just went there because I had a scholarship, an academic scholarship, and then I left and went to, to the University of Memphis. And I tell people all the time, I really regret that I did not at least get my undergraduate graduate degree from Alcorn or an HBCU, but just unfortunately, um, we didn't have shows like this that was actually educating uh, us on the importance mm -hmm. and the role that HBCUs have played uh, historically for communities of color. And so I wanna uh, close out by allowing each one of you all about 20, 30 seconds to just pitch your school. And so Dr. Brody, I'm gonna let you pitch Alcorn. Why should a, a viewer enroll themselves or their child at Alcorn State University? It's cost effective, right? So it's not the most expensive school. The sense of community is unmatched and unsurpassed. The campus is beautiful with all of the lakes and the green grass. You will get the best support that you could imagine while you're there and as you go on with your professional career. Um, and we're a family. We really are a family, and we stick together better than any school that I've ever heard of. Okay. So, Monica, tell me, why should someone watching this show attend the Jackson State University? We're in the capital city in the state of Mississippi. We're growing leaps and bounds. It's the Urban University. It's got a total facelift. Education is unmatched. Uh, we have teachers from all over the country, professors. Um, of course, we have the Sonic Boom of the South. We have the Branson J. Fest. We have the football team. We have uh, ladies basketball. We have tennis. We, there's, we're so diverse, and we're sitting in the middle of an uh, predominantly black city. So 
what better place to grow culturally, spiritually, emotionally, and educationally? Jackson State University, the I love. <laughs> and so, Lori, I'm going to close with you. 20, 30 seconds. Why should the viewers consider Spelman College? Well, because you say the best for last. <laughs> and, and dare I give a Spelman and a Morehouse answer? No. <laughs> but really, um, I think Spelman is one of the greatest sisterhoods, if not the greatest sisterhood in the world. And there is a Spelmanite everywhere. And that Spelman love that we share, it's unmatched. Spellman, thy name we praise. Come on down to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies, I'm convinced that you can't go wrong with any of these three choices. I want to, first of all, acknowledge the impact that you all have had uh, on the country and the commitment that you all have had to historically black colleges and universities. And for all that you all have done, I want to award you with the HBCU Lifetime Achievement Award for your commitment in advancing the causes of historically black colleges and universities. And Monica, I have your trophy here with me and you'll be receiving it in the mail. And again, I wanna thank you all for all you have done. You make all of us proud. And to my viewers, I wanna thank you for watching this episode of HBCU with D Brown CEO. And remember, without you, there's no me.